Welcome to the Your Own Food Coach podcast. My name is Pamela Kelly. Please come on in and find a comfortable place to listen. We've created this podcast for us to be safe and authentic as we have a conversation about nutrition and our health. Just so you know, I'm a licensed nutritionist and registered dietitian. My background is intuitive and mindful eating concepts grounded in science and current research. Together, let's explore the unique, interesting, and sometimes painful relationships and emotions clients have expressed to me in my office in over 20 years of private practice. Our goal here is to explore these experiences while offering some guidance and perspective we could all benefit from because what many of my brave clients have shared may be similar to what you or a loved one has experienced in the world of food, nutrition, and body image. You've come to the right place. Welcome to Episode 3. Our episode today is Hunger Games, Listening to the Body's Wisdom. The themes of mindful and intuitive eating are weaved into all my episodes because this is the passion of my work, and I want to share it with you. At the center of a mindful practice is listening to the body, to the breath, to the moment of what is around us, and to what we are feeling, both on the inside and the outside. This is referred to by many as inner wisdom and outer comfort. Some say just the opposite, inner comfort and outer wisdom. To me, our bodies are an incredible resource of wisdom and guidance. In today's podcast, we are looking at hunger and its role as the major resource in living, eating, and in health. Now, you might think that hunger is a pretty simple concept. We get hungry, we eat. We're no longer hungry, we stop eating. It certainly started out that way when we were born and probably until young childhood or maybe later. And perhaps for some of us, it's remained easy all life. But for many of my clients in my office, it's just not that simple. The role that hunger plays in our lives is extraordinary. The subject is absolutely fascinating, and I'm hoping you'll feel that way by the end of this podcast. In the book Intuitive Eating by Triboli and Rush, originally published in 1995, It's published all over the world now, and they point out that the need and drive for food and energy is primal, and if that hunger is not honored, the body will compensate with a powerful biological and physiological force. I'm going to explain more about that in a minute. Think about it. Without the drive of hunger, humans would never have survived. It's this internal wisdom that motivated hunting and gathering that's as much a part of humanity as breathing. Well documented by historians, uh, it shows that people are demoralized by accounts of starvation during war and famine. Social behavior deteriorates, there's loss of pride, and there's terror in the eyes of those who have been hungry. We can picture a movie or a famous historical novel of terrible hunger scenes that we can all understand. This is actual terror from hunger. And believe it or not, it can plague a person long after they've been fed and normal eating patterns have been in place. 
It actually becomes a type of trauma history that stays with a person if they've been underfed. Now, I can imagine at this point you're wondering, what in the world does hunger and famine have to do with mindful eating? But I wanted to paint a picture for you of the effects of hunger on the body, whether it's short-term or long-term, the effects are the same. The body does not know whether it's a diet, fasting, or a famine. The body just knows that it did not receive enough nourishment. And let me tell you, the body does not like to be undernourished. Dieting and restricting or eliminating entire food groups might not seem terrifying to you, but believe me, it leaves an impression on the body. The wisdom of the body does not forget. Remember that food is the fundamental need in Maslow's hierarchy of needs. The higher needs such as socialization and self-actualization will not happen if those basic needs are not met. In short, that internal wisdom and drive to respond to hunger is so profound, it cannot and should not be underestimated. I want to use this background to explain what was happening to my client who came in recently to get back in touch with her internal wisdom after experiencing frightening bouts of nighttime binging. Now, sometimes food and eating can be a means to regulate feelings and emotions, and we're going to talk about that in great detail next time. Sometimes, without realizing it, habitual ways of dealings with emotions such as loneliness and boredom can be trapped and confused with hunger in the body. My client tells me that she's extremely lonely at night on the nights when her husband travels. On a whim, one evening after a busy day and not enough to eat that day, she explained to me that she decided to order her husband's favorite meal. She found herself ordering two meals, a meal for her and his favorite through Uber Eats or another delivery service, but the point is she eats them both. At first, it felt kind of fun and even a little mischievous, but she's sad and she's lonely. And as she continues to eat, that whimsy is gone and there is no enjoyment. She's distracted. She's sitting in front of the TV for company. And eventually, she barely even tastes the food. She describes to me that after the meal, she's stuffed and miserable, and she goes to bed not only full from the meals, but she's full of remorse, and of course, she's still lonely. Well, there's many issues with this beyond calories, we could understand how it could happen, and we can feel compassion for her loneliness and offer her some great understanding. But honestly, it's what happens the next day that's the real problem. My client shared with me that the next day she has resolved not to repeat this ever again. So she skips breakfast and frankly, she's understandably not very hungry, but she skips lunch too. And that's as a means to punish herself for her lack of willpower and to save up the calories that she consumed the day before. Her hunger has returned all right, but she's decided to ignore it. And by the end of the day, she's famished. Her husband is still out of town. And that hunger drive is strong, and she makes the same decision she made the night before. But this time, it's not just because of loneliness, it's because of intense hunger. 
Focusing on the deep internal wisdom of hunger, my client responded in the way her body told her to. A dieting body, regardless of the rationale or the reasoning, says that if we don't get enough nourishment over a period of time and undereat, as far as the body's concerned, it's another famine and a binge is surely going to follow. Now, I would imagine some of you might think that my client should have restricted after consuming so much food. And it's easy to think that maybe this is a willpower issue, but the body does not know what's going on here. And it doesn't know if another binge will occur. The body's wisdom is with the hunger cue that's been ignored. And this can become warfare setting up determination and willpower against the protective internal wisdom to eat when hungry. Now that left my client confused and filled with a sense of failure when in fact it was learning to trust her hunger and to deal with the emotions that drove her to overeat in a more productive way that offered the best solution for her. Regardless of the eating scenario, the outcome will always be better to eat normal the next day, even if it is smaller portions, and deal with the emotional causes separately. Hunger can be terrifying for some people, from either a history of being hungry so long ago or from even skipping a meal. The internal wisdom and drive from hunger can be so profound it will not be underestimated. Ignoring hunger won't last long, even if you do have great willpower. Willpower's in the head, but hunger is mechanical and it's straight up biology and neurobiology. Once we're hungry or deprived from food, the body gets primed for that next meal. Saliva will increase with even the suggestion of food and digestive hormones kick in, such as neuropeptide Y that actually drives and triggers the urge to eat carbohydrate. NPY is revved up after food deprivation, including an overnight fast. And that's why some people crave carbohydrates after they restrict them. Eating carbohydrates turns off NPY and serotonin increases and it effectively calms us down. Now, we're going to talk more about carbohydrate in another podcast. But for now, just know this, that carbohydrate craving often comes on the very heel from restricting them. It's much easier to portion out or moderate a food in the presence of enough food than in the presence of deprivation. There's lots of other factors that affect hunger too, such as the quote-unquote hunger hormone ghrelin. Dieting increases this hunger hormone, and so does a high sugar diet, lack of sleep, and low fiber. Ghrelin will shut off when we eat, and hunger goes away, at least for the time being. So even if hunger's in the stomach, remember that it's the action of the hypothalamus of the brain that drives hunger, and it's pretty clear science. So another problem that came up was with another client who over-identified with his hunger. Remember that my first client ignored hunger while this gentle man was terrified of it. He told me that as a child, there was just not enough food. He remembers being hungry all the time. And as a successful diet, he promised himself he would never go hungry again. And that resolve actually ended up causing him a sense of anxiety and a tense fear of not having enough food. And he found himself preemptively eating, even when he was not hungry, to avoid that potential that he may become so. 
He began eating fast food on his way home before dinner in case he didn't like what his wife had prepared on the nights that she had agreed to cook dinner. He ended up losing his natural ability to accept hunger as a biological norm, and he had to relearn both hunger and fullness cues. For him, counseling was important to deal with the trauma that hunger had left in his body, and with our work, we worked on meal timing so he could learn more about physiological hunger and get a rhythm of his eating, knowing that that external comfort, he had a plan, and with internal wisdom, he knew that hunger was an important guide for him not to be feared. Hunger cannot be predicted or trained, but with it mindful and intuitive attention, you can find your own your particular style of eating that allows you to honor your own natural rhythms and cycles of hunger. For some people, that might mean every five or six hours you need to eat. And for others, it might mean that you need to eat every three hours to keep blood sugars in a certain range. It's important that you think about your own internal wisdom. If you like to eat small amounts of food, you might need to eat more frequently. And if you like to have full meals, it might be that you only need to eat three times a day. I encourage you to listen to what works best for you and not what is told for you by latest rules or diet blogs. In the next episode, we're going to look at different types of hunger that are not necessarily part of the wisdom of the body per se, but from more of an emotional aspect. We're going to look at appetites and craving and what wisdom lies beneath that voice. In the meantime, I encourage you to listen to the body and its cues that promote eating. How do you know you're hungry? Look at the clock. Pause. Notice your stomach. Is it empty? How do you know? And what happens if you eat before you are hungry? And what happens if you've learned to ignore that perfect resource? Thank you so much for joining us today with the Your Own Food Coach podcast. We are all in search of answers, but it might be the questions we need to consider, or maybe that we're not even asking the right questions. If this podcast brought up questions for you, I encourage you to talk to family, friends, or a therapist, or talk to me. I offer virtual nutrition coaching sessions online and have worked with people all over the world. Please share this podcast and subscribe. Join us next time as we explore mindful eating components and look further at hunger. I'd like to close with a special thank you to my producer, Brian Strickland, and my brand manager, Malia Smith. They're making this a success for you. Thank you. The information presented on this podcast is for the enjoyment of all listeners. It is not intended as either medical or medical nutrition advice or counseling, nor is it specific to any particular individual. It is not intended to replace counseling, medical nutrition therapy, or treatment. Contact a healthcare professional if you are experiencing problems that seem health-related. Please contact 911 if you are having an emergency.